We are on Facebook Live and Inappropriate Earl SoundCloud and iTunes right now. This is a podcast <laughs> that's taken many months yeah. in the making. The fans demanded this. The fans wanted it. <laughs> the open mic community wanted it. The people at Conan wanted it. Mm -hmm. The people at Roast Battle. I'm dying up here. The jealous. I'm sorry. I'm just naming my credits. <laughs> Put your hands together, inappropriate Earl fans, yeah. for the great, the stunningly beautiful mm -hmm. Mr. Gary Cannon. By the way, could our cars be any different? <laughs> I have a monstrous. You have this beautiful men's testosterone car, and I believe <laughs> <Mini> Cooper. <laughs> Even Gary's car is in the closet. Yes. Now, Gary was famous for doing 25 minutes at Ralphie Mays Memorial. <laughs> First of all, we were trying to get this together for months and months and months. Remember, I was over here probably last year. Well, you came over a, yeah. a few months ago, but then we started talking and talking shit about various things. And I got one better for you. That was probably six months ago. I bet that, that was a long time ago. That was, yeah, but like we talked for like three yeah. hours. Yeah, nothing to do with the podcast. And then you were like, uh, let's do the podcast. I'm like, I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we were burnt out. We're like, I don't know what else we can <laughs> I mean, you talk a lot. I talk a lot. We've what is that on your microphone, by the way? These are the only sponsor of Inappropriate Earl, <laughs> but that's about to change. Trust me on that one. How is that? You you said you're like number three. What's Hold going on. on? Th these are Mike Knuckles by the singer from Rat, Stephen Piercy. So if you're an open micer and you want to look cool while you're bombing, just <laughs> go on Twitter and that's Mike Knuckles, M-I-C, and you can spell out Knuckles, you idiots. <laughs> and you could put this on the microphone at Marty's. Well, I, that is hot. That's hot, by the way. And you know, there's this podcast is controversial at the moment mm -hmm. because it's so highly ranked on iTunes, and people think I've hacked into iTunes. How does what? How does one get highly ranked? Because you, I don't know to be honest. And with your you. good buddy Brian Moses came and did our show, The Gentleman's Dojo, with Steve Byrne and Patrick Keen. G Gary, getting to the plugs. I'm getting them in right. Absolutely. Uh, you guys did ours, which has no ranking at all. So I don't know how you. This is great. I'm not saying that not well deserved. I'm just saying like that's a pretty cool thing that you're ranked. I in mean, the top to, ten today. I'm number nine. I think Burr is eight. Marin is ten. Uh, you know, I th I think a lot of it is has to do with uh, consistency. I try and do one a week. Uh, you know, I, this will be the 219th episode. Um, you know. I think it's uh, reviews. I've studied this. Yeah. Apparently, iTunes, it's important to have reviews. That's big. Uh, and, in a, you know, I'm giving away secrets, but I'm, unlike most comics in this city, I like to help people, you two-faced slobs. <laughs> yeah, You're a man of the people. I'm, I'm the people's yeah. champ. Yeah. It's the reason I get more roast battle challenges than anyone who's on the show currently. That's true. That's true. Sorry. Okay. Just the way it works. Okay. Uh, cover art is, I guess, a big deal. 
for a podcast. For a podcast. To bump up the numbers, cover art. And I started looking at the more popular, like Marin has a cool, uh, not logo, but brand cover art. Sure. Uh, Rogan obviously is the king. He has a cool like uh, cover page or whatever you want to call it. Uh, you know, mine's just me. Yeah. So I'm working on that. How many reviews do you have on yours? Uh, 217. Okay. But I mean that, you know, Rogan has like literally, and I'm not comparing myself to him. You know, he's the king. He has like 10,000, okay. literally 10,000 reviews. So, uh, you know, that helps. And it's so easy to leave a review. Yeah. Like it literally takes under one minute. Any any reviews you look at, you're like, hey, screw you. You get a review and you're not happy with it. I really only have one bad review. Really? And it's pretty funny. You can't take them down. Right. But I would leave it up anyway. It says, this podcast used to be cool with interviews like Stephen Piercy from Rat. Now it's just a bunch of comics I've never heard of. Unsubscribed. Like, you know. T. Chismar. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> I have I have a, a funny review story for you. I did a gig for Gig Masters, you know, that kind of potpourri site where you can hire a comic, a juggler, a, a, right. a magician, all that stuff. Right. I did. I did one of those. I did a gig for somebody who wanted to hire me to do a gig in Vegas. Uh, this woman, when I got to the gig, said, hey, just so you know. We've been drinking since two in the afternoon. Everybody's pretty drunk. Just try to get through it as best you can. They're probably not going to be listening. Did the gig was brutal. I, I think about 10 minutes in, they pulled me. They didn't even let me finish. I was supposed to do a 30 minute gig. They pulled me. One of the women said, don't worry about it. We knew that they weren't going to be that great. You did the best you could forget about it. About six hours later in the middle of the night, another woman who kind of brought me in wrote a scathing review about me on gig masters just a really really lousy review just you know how not funny i was uh how just couldn't read the room and you're devastated i mean it's like it's a big deal and i was worried about not getting paid the second half of my money because they still owed me a bunch of money so what's funny is fast forward six years later i had that woman who wrote that negative review call into our podcast i oh, tracked really? her down she read it online, couldn't have been any funnier, was great. And I was glad to kind of like button it all up, like what happened, what went wrong. Because Steve Byrne, who is my co-host on that show, consistently read that negative review online, always. Like that was him shitting on me, essentially. And so I said, hey, enough's enough. I secretly wrote her, reached out to her, didn't even know if I would get in touch with her. And her email went through. It was an old AOL account. Like, there's no way she does this email. I have that. You still have an AOL account? Yeah. You do, really? Oh, well, I also, my cell phone's rotary. <laughs> I was wondering why your texts were very cryptic. Uh, but she called in. It was great. It was a really funny review. It was awesome. I mean, I, when I, like, maybe 10 years ago, used to let bad reviews or, you know, I could be in a room full of 100 people, and if one wasn't laughing... I thought, man, I'm bombing. Uh, but now I don't, I'm not going to say I don't care, but it just, you're never going to please everyone. But you know the deal with people who work, for, here's a great example. People who work on cruise ships, right? They could be the best cruise ship act that Carnival hires, Norwegian, Princess Cruises, whoever, right? If you piss off one person on that cruise and it happens to be the couple that spends a ton of money 
every year on Carnival or Princess, you'll get fired. I mean, you know the feeling that is, and I've seen it before, and I never want that to be something that I'm consistently aware of. I mean, can you imagine like going in and not being able to do what you want to do or have the freedom because some asshole just happens to cruise eight times a year? I mean, I, mean, I won't stink. I won't do those gigs. Like I, I 20 years in or however long I've been doing it. I'm not going to battle. Yeah. And I'm not going to be told how to perform. You and I've done cruises, but just together. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. like, I mean, <laughs> that's on Santa Monica Boulevard. That's, but I mean, do like, thing. you know, like I'm not going to battle anymore. You know, which, not worth it. Which is why I love the comedy store. I finally honed in on my crowd. You know, it's blue collar, just regular people, you know, hockey fans, heavy metal fans, podcast fans, you know. But you're a great, you're a great example of it. It took you a long time hanging out, developing your, your stand up skills. Cause look, you know, this, so many people who are now hanging out there brand new to comedy two years in don't have more than three minutes. They're awful i mean you've seen it a million times and they're just trying to figure out a quicker way to get in stage time it's ridiculous right well yeah see it all the time oh i see it on a nightly basis you know like um especially with the roast battle crowd which you know roast battles like been the greatest show on earth to me uh but you know i got to the the highest you can on that show and it's not like it made me famous you know it helped me because i had a game plan uh, but so many people, I think, well, I'll just roast battle and then I'll get on TV. Yeah. It's like, well, yeah, but it's not stand up. You know, look at a, a mutual friend of ours, Robbie Slowick. Yeah. Just yeah, yeah. Conan. Yep. Has no affiliation with roast battle. Like, uh, so I think people should, you know, concentrate more on their stand up. But I also think this on the flip side of it, I think so many people think, because working on a late night show, people always ask me, how do I get on the show? How do I get on the show? And and I think back in the day, a late night credit was a huge deal. And I think as a comic, you should do it more for yourself than thinking that that credit is going to elevate you to the next level. Because the, as you know, there's so many other things that will elevate you to another level rather than a late night credit. I mean, look at Rogan's podcast in and of itself, that gets so many more listeners than a late night show so you get on rogan's podcast or merit like that's going to do more for you in some cases than a late night spot but i think what happens is so many people do a late night spot and then don't have a plan after that they oh just, yeah they do the spot that's it big deal over and done with so if, if you don't have a game plan after that well then shame on you it's it's you can't rely on those shows to jump you to the next level and and by the way if you're doing it to get more road work well Here's an alert to a lot of comics out there. The road is just a dead business. The road sucks. I mean, you know, unless you're, you know, playing great theaters or opening up for somebody or you're the guy doing the theaters. I've done plenty of road work the last few years. And it's as you get older, it's not fun anymore. Well, yeah, it's, it's that's why I admire someone like Tony Hinchcliffe, you know, like and Tony's a good friend of mine, but like he honed in on his podcast fans. He knew that, you know, built his brand of being uh, not the next roast master, but like the, the roasting, uh, you know, whatever you want to call them. And people eat it up. He, he plays theaters, uh, you know, 
I don't want to do the road opening up for who I, cause you, we've opened up for, you know, a lot of guys. Uh, yeah. You know, Mitch Fattel, yep. uh, Ralphie, Ralphie, May, Steve Byrne, Steve all those Byrne. guys love those guys. Oh yeah. But it's, it's, you know, at the end of the day and it's nobody's fault, but there's a limited budget for opening acts. They don't want to give you a hotel. They're going to fight you for it. And you know, after three or four days, the weekend's over with. Maybe you make $500. You'll pull your plane flight out of there. Now you're down to three. And then it's Sunday morning at 6 a.m. And you got to fly back from Los Angeles. Fly back from or to L.A. from the East Coast. And that's brutal. It's like, I can't do that anymore. I'd rather be at home. Yeah, and at the end of the day, it's and in, I think it all depends on what uh, you're in the business for. But, like, you always kill. I've never seen you bomb. But, like. You open up for Steve, say, in, I don't know, Wisconsin. You kill the whole weekend. You come back to L.A., and you're still in the same, like, uh, hierarchy of, okay, right. Gary, what'd you do this weekend? Yeah. Oh, I Doesn't killed matter. in Wisconsin. Right. Great. Was yeah. that mean here? Well, 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 you know this, too, because, you know, you've gone on the road a bunch, too, where you hear this a lot, which is hilarious. The club manager will tell you at the end of the weekend, man, we loved you. Love to have you back. Come back. You headline. And then you can never get in touch with them again. You're like, well, don't stroke me off. I mean, you're either in or out. I mean, I don't need to hear this. But in the moment, they all want to feel like they're big shots. They all want to feel like, hey, I'm going to give this guy something like that little nibble. And then you'll never. I remember years ago, there was a club in Toledo, the Toledo Funny Bone. And um, I was with my then girlfriend at the time. And this guy comes up to me and says, oh, my God, we would love to. I was with Ralphie. And they said, we would love to have you back as a headliner. You'll headline on the off nights. We'll feature you on the weekend. Give me a call. And I looked at my girlfriend. And I said, never hear from this guy again. <laughs> She's like, I just saw. You'll definitely. I said, I will call him three times when we get back to L.A. Guaranteed. And he never reached out. Nothing. Oh, I mean, I. These guys, they're just. They're jokes. I mean, I went through that more times with Rob Schneider where they're trying to get in with Rob. You yes. Know, you know, and he's a huge star and Ralphie and Steve and, and Mitch are all in the same boat. So they're trying to kiss their ass by treating us right. Yeah. You know, it doesn't really lead to much in the end. Well, I've seen the opposite, though. Have you seen I, I remember going on the road with a lot of guys with Ralphie and like the manager would come into the green room and be falling all over them. Can we get you something from the steakhouse next door? Can we what you want ice cream for your kids? What can we go grab you? <laughs> and they won't even make eye contact with you. It's like, hey, get out of the way. It's like you're definitely just blocking their way to get to the headliner. I've, I, I remember one time I was uh, in a city and Ralphie was there and the management came in, brought their whole family iPads. You know what I'm saying? It was like New Year's Eve weekend. The club was making a lot of money and you look like. The orphan boy during Christmas just not getting a gift with your name on it. It's embarrassing. Like they're falling over him to give them gifts and you're in the way. It's like, yeah, get out. Get out of the green room. But that's how it works. I mean, they have they want nothing to do with you. Oh, yeah. So that's why you got to make your own. Uh, Absolutely. That's why podcasts are great. Yeah, because I mean, you could do what you want. You have the freedom to do what you want. It's your own identity. But too many people, you know this. I mean, people, most comics go down that just regular road because they don't want to do anything else. They're lazy. Well, they're, yeah. And then, you know, uh, podcasts are getting oversaturated uh, big time. I mean, uh, you know, so that's now a problem where, and that's why I like being alone. 
you know, I'm on no network. I mean, if I was on a network, I would choose all things comedy. Yep. It, it, you look at the talent that they have. It's like, there's not one bad podcast, but you know, rightly or wrongly, I like being on my own. Uh, but you see some of these podcast networks where it's like hor- like open micers and which is fine. We all started there, but like there's so many bad podcasts. Oh yeah. Out there. Well, what do you need to start a podcast? A microphone. I mean like, yeah, you need nothing. I mean, I have an advanced setup to a degree, you know, the mixing board and all that, but you really only need an H4 recorder and two mics. But don't you think the other side of it too is so many people do a podcast, there's no identity, they just feel like that they can just start rambling because they're interesting enough, and I've listened to podcasts that are popular that do have a, a, a big fan base, and I can't sit through a lot of these things. I don't listen to any podcast. You don't. Because I don't want to take away ideas. Like, I don't want to. That wanna, makes sense. Like, I love you and Steve Byrne. I've never listened to one minute of your guys' podcast because I don't, oh, that's a good question. Oh, I like how they did that. Yep. Because then I just start sounding like your podcast. Sure. Yeah. Uh, you make it your own. Yeah. I mean, my podcast, podcast, my podcast is rambling. I don't plan any questions. We could go for another hour. We could get bored in 20 minutes. Go, okay, Gary, thanks. You know, but I think my fan base likes that. When's this going to end? Yeah. You know, what's he going to ask next? And I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to ask next. Who, who is somebody you'd, you'd love to have on that you've reached out to a couple times? Cause you're, cause you're, listen, you're a one man band, right? So you, 100%. yeah. So who, who have you tried to reach out to? Like somebody that you would love to have on that you, maybe you're almost there trying to get, who's that? I would say Gene Simmons. Oh, wow. Okay. Cause I'm a huge Kiss fan. Yeah. I think I would ask him. Uh, questions that he hasn't necessarily been asked because he's heard them all yeah what's it like working with ace paul and yep. peter uh you know what was it like when you guys took the makeup off uh i would ask him more about his movie with rutger hauer okay which i guarantee you no one has ever asked him about and uh, and is that e- like I think, I think he would dig that. Yes. Like I a, think I think if you look like obviously we're in a business where somebody knows him, right? What's what's the percentage of of you getting him on the show? I mean, uh I know a lot of people have approached him uh and today this comic Earl wants to have you on his podcast. And I'm sure he's like who's that? Uh but uh you know, I think it'll happen. You know, he I think he see he probably sees the value of podcasts now. Like yeah, they're the new talk show, uh, for lack of a better word. Uh, you know what I realized too, which is crazy. It's it's easier than you think to get guests because people don't know if you have four listeners, two million listeners, they don't know. And so when you reach out, at least for us, because I do a lot of the guest bookings, I'll reach out to these authors. They don't know how many people are listening. All they know is, hey, we're doing a press junket for the book. Right. So let's call in. We can allot 20, 30 minutes to this group and let's go on the air with them. They don't know who they're calling into. And, you know, fortunately, that's kind of how we've gotten a lot of people that have been great with just these random emails just saying, hey, we do a show. It always helps, too, when you have some guests on that have name recognition. Oh, for sure. So then they're like, oh, okay, well. If that person was willing to go on it, I'd go on it too. Oh, yeah. I mean, now I screenshot, you know, uh, like there was one Saturday that where I was number two on uh, iTunes Comedy. It was Rogan and then me. Wow. Uh, 
and it only lasted for a few hours. It's Who very, cares? Oh yeah, it's. I mean, yeah, it's great to be the number two podcast in comedy. Which I'm assuming there's at least ten thousand that are ranked and or whatever. I know they only show the top two hundred, but uh, so I just started tweeting at celebrities. Hey, will you come on my podcast? Yeah, and a lot say no. A lot even don't get back to me. Yeah, uh, but I like having weird guests like. Uh, I remember one time I was watching Superman 2. Yeah. And I just assumed the main bad guy, Zod, would not come on. Okay. I just, I don't know why. And then the girl was like, yeah, I don't know. She probably wouldn't come to some stranger's house. And then the big guy, who didn't have a word the whole movie, I thought, that would be a great guest. Of course. Reached out to him. He came on. Really? <laughs> His name's Jack O'Halloran. And he he ended up being one of my top five guests of all time. Because comes over to the house? He comes over to the house. It's great. And I ran into some resistance, he's, you know, because he's in his 70s now. Wow. Uh, and he, he was like, well, I live, I, I think he lives in like Hermosa Beach or Long Beach. He said, can I call in? I'm like, yeah, I don't do it that way, Mr. O'Halloran. He's like, well, how about I Skype? And I'm like, I, I, I'm capable of doing that, but I like for people to be on my couch. Yeah. And so he came over. And for two and a half hours, Holy it was amazing because he was a heavyweight boxer before he uh, started acting. So like he fought George Foreman. So it was just the most amazing. Uh, so I like getting weird guests like that. Yeah. Uh, but unfortunately, it's also he didn't have great social media. He's right. got like 2,500 followers. Sure. Uh, so then, you know, I have someone on like Jeff Ross, who everyone knows. And now I'm friends with Jeff. You know, he's got like 900,000 followers on Twitter. Right. And same on Instagram. And the episode was bonkers. I mean, it, you know, one day listen records. And so it's like, it's a fine line between getting people who are friends, but you know, you guys do the same thing. 100%. It, it is a weird thing because you look at it like, oh, what kind of social media do they have that they could help promote the podcast? Yeah. But there's a lot of people that don't have a big following, but you want them on for your own personal reasons. I mean, I remember uh, getting Chris Hansen on from To Catch a Predator. He was great. I wanted him on personally just because I was such a fan of that show. Uh, we had the guy on, uh, Robert O'Neill, who was the guy that killed Bin Laden. Like when, when you when, when, when they finally call you because the publicist sets it up and they agree to do it and they're calling you and you just heard them on like Howard Stern, you're like, this is pretty cool. Oh, this yeah. This is pretty awesome that you get this. I mean, and again, like that guy, for your own kind of selfish reasons, you wanted him on. Like there's, there's guests that you have on because you know it's going to be a good fit. It's going to do well. It's going to do good numbers. But certain guests you want because it's just great overall. I mean, you know, an actor in a small little part, whoever it is. I mean, you know who I would love to get on? Reached out a couple of times, but haven't had any luck yet. Uh, the two guys from the new Cobra Kai TV show. Yeah. Have you watched that? I've uh, not. I'm a huge uh, Karate Kid fan. It was. Do you, have you seen any of it? On I have YouTube not. Red? I got to tell you, Earl, I was against it. Didn't watch much of it. Brett Ernst is in it. I saw the first episode. I thought it was a little cheesy. And people kept coming out of the woodworks. Got to watch. You got to watch. I was like, okay, going to sit through it. It was awesome. Awesome. Ten short episodes, just the spin that they put on it from the movie to now this, it was awesome. And so you're like, oh, my God, I bet if you had reached out to that William Zapka, 
right. who played Johnny Lawrence like four months ago, easy booking. Now more difficult because everybody's hitting him up because of the show. I mean, I did a podcast with him. I used to be a co-host with Keith Coogan. Okay. Who's uh, one of the preeminent 80s child actors. And Zapka was a guest. Oh. And he was great. But this was like six years ago. Who was, what did he play? What did that guy play? Keith Coogan was, yeah. uh, he was in like Adventures in Babysitting. Oh, who uh, is he? Who's the kid in Adventures in Babysitting? Uh, the Elizabeth Shoes brother. Oh my gosh. He's in like tons of things. Wow, uh, sure. So he knew William Zapka, so he came on. and uh, But like Zapka would be a guy, like, because I did it with him that podcast. He was just looking at me going, all right, ask me about the karate kid. Yeah. Like, hey, I loved you and just one of the guys. Oh, funny. Which That's was a movie right. that, about the girl. Uh, yes. She doesn't get a article published, uh, has a hot girl, so she cuts her hair and what was what was her name like what joyce heiser no no no. in the movie she because because it's so funny a buddy of mine from pittsburgh who's on the radio in pittsburgh guy named bill crawford references that he looks like that girl okay i don't know Do her know, name yeah uh in the uh but like i would love to have her on just random but she probably has zero social media right uh, right some people just they don't care. Have you ever gone to one of those Hollywood shows? Uh, Do you know what those are? No. It's funny that you say that because is that the guy Keith Coogan? Is that the guy's name? Oh, one of those like uh, autograph yeah. things. Yes. They're uh, the greatest. I have been to a few. They're the greatest. So they're probably two or three times a year. They're at the Westin near LAX. And for people that don't live here, it's got to be just this amazing show for people who have never seen Oh my God! There's Wally and Beaver right standing there. There's the captain from the Love Boat. There's like all of these just B listers from the '80s, '70s. It's a very cool event. Now you do see kind of current day people. Kato Caitlin is there. Like a lot of these guys, but like it, just to go in and get a photo op, it's a pretty cool thing. And I was even saying to a buddy of mine, like if you look look at the comedy store that you're there all the time. Could you imagine being somebody from the Midwest visiting LA? You look at the lineup for the comedy store and you see 10, 15, 20 people that when they're on the road are charging oh yeah, a hundred dollars for a ticket. I mean, it's like insane. Uh, by the way, we've got we've got some celebrities in Facebook Live. We do? We've got Tim Chismar. Tim's in here? Tim Chismar is yeah. in the house and the great Patrick Geary. <laughs> Patrick Geary. From uh, the Brea Improv. Oh, Patrick. Okay. Oh, nice. Uh, I don't think he's there anymore, but uh, he bailed. shout out to those Tim guys. Chismar. Loved him. Uh, t that's how we met, right? It was? Yes. No, I mean, I think we knew each other. You mean through Tim's wrestling connection? Right. No, I think we knew each other before then. I'm sure. I, listen, you were one of the first guys that I met when I moved down to L.A. I mean, you know where I think we met? Do we meet at like Terry the Funny Plumber's room? Right. Terry the Funny Plumber had a recovery room. Yep. In Orange County. Friday nights. Yep. Uh, that was packed, but they were like uh, speed freaks and, and yeah. uh, they had replaced their addiction to speed and booze with cigarettes. Yeah. So you literally All standing had, outside before the show. It, well, but during the show, you had two minutes to grab them. Yes. And if you didn't, they'd go out and smoke. Yeah. So, you know, 
Now Gary's playing all over the country. <laughs> At other rehab centers. Yes. And, uh, <laughs> I'm trying not to do the road much anymore. I really don't. You know, I've just done it enough. And, you know, it's like if I can grab t- spots in town, I love it. But, I, you know, I'd rather be at home with my dogs and my wife and I'd rather do that. I just, you know. It's it, not fun. It's not fun anymore. Unless you're like, uh, you know, Rogan or, you know, uh, Hinchcliffe or, you know, Steve Byrne. Yeah. Uh, but even those guys, it, it, I think a lot of those guys, if you tell them, hey, we could trade any guy that tells you I love working cruise ships, they're full of shit. Because I guarantee you, if you told them you could make that same three grand in town doing local gigs here in L.A., they would jump off those ships in two seconds. Well, that's why, would. Po- you know, podcasts, you can make pretty good money uh you know with sponsors uh you know i've had a few uh offers recently uh you know none have come to fruition but you know one guy was like hey man i can get you anywhere from two to five grand through building you an app and driving people to your site and then get you it's like it's so funny you say that i I, i'm cautious of that too because somebody told us that too somebody approached us and said you know we can really help you get advertising and then he started telling me like the pitch and i was like it almost seems like you have to kind of go out and do your own legwork it almost felt like i don't know about this it felt like because again it was almost like there was a fee to them to bring you the ads it's almost like you know when you first move to la and you you hear these people say hey i can manage you great what i'm gonna do is i'm gonna send out your headshot and your resume and all they're doing is going through actors access frontier yes and, and they're charging you $100 a month. That's to me what a lot of these things seem to be doing, which when I was talking to this guy, I was like, I was excited. And I was like, that eh, sounds like bullshit. Did, I didn't, I, I wasn't digging it. There's never a stop to the bullshit. No, you know, no. I'm going through a situation right now with, uh, you know, uh, someone, uh, you know, Showtime reached out to someone for a table read info for me. Okay. And uh, for I'm dying up here because I don't have any like management or anything like that. You don't that. have a manager or an agent? No. I don't either. So they reached out to this one uh, uh, business, if you will. Yeah. Uh, and now they get 10% of the Showtime money. It's like. Really? But I got that through them seeing me at Roast Battle uh, at the comedy store. You guys literally had nothing to do with that. Do, does it. I could have fought them. I didn't. And then, you know, I'm going through something similar with, uh, you know, uh, a project I can't divulge at the moment. Yeah. But, uh, you know, let's just say uh, you might be seeing me in cartoon form sooner or later. Really? But, uh, you know, I had someone trying to muscle in on that. And I'm like, well, wait a minute. Like, uh, they saw me uh, at the comedy store doing, once again, doing roast battle. Uh, why would you guys get a cut of that? <laughs> you know, and it's just like a never ending, like, bullshit. Right. Do you, are you, because I'm in the same boat as you. I have no management, no agent. Are you, is it a, do you feel bummed that you don't have that? Or you're almost like, Hey, I'll keep my own money. Like, cause there's times where I'm like, I wish I had somebody pushing for me, but then there are times when I feel like I know people that have managers and agents that they're not doing shit for. Well, so, I mean like for roast battle, I wish I had a manager because I think my path, uh, I know in my heart, I would have won it all, uh, because, uh, you know, I had the toughest battles. I'd never had an easy battle. 
and uh, I think it would have helped if I had a manager call Comedy Central or whoever, uh, Moses or Jeff or, you know, I, you know, I never really knew who, you know, was in charge and go, hey, is there a reason Earl's facing uh, this guy? Uh, you know, why doesn't he face this person? Uh, stuff like that. Sure. I have, uh, Somebody has your back. Yeah. I mean, you know, I think I think I was the only person on my season with no representation. So I'm oh, sure. Wow the the uh prevailing thought was well let's just give him these tough battles if he wins great he's the underdog if not we don't burn a bridge uh you know we'll take care of other people you know but you know i felt a little uh not bitter but uh, like hey i helped build this show sure like why am i like why is some dude from new york getting easy battles and he had nothing to do with the show right so, but I take things personally. So have you ever reached out to managers that maybe you thought would be a good fit and then said, Hey, I, I think this would be a good relationship. And then there's just no, no, moving forward. I, I don't know how to do shit like that. I mean, I'm yeah. talking with someone right now who, uh, could potentially, uh, you know, help me with things. I mean, I, I don't, uh, like I want to be on TV as a standup. Okay. But I think I have a good head knowing it's not going to make me famous. But, it, you know, you know this business. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm sure Robbie, you know, we'll take our friend Robbie. Yeah. He just did Conan. Uh, did he become world famous the next day? No. Probably not. But I guarantee you he's getting better bookings. Yeah. You know, maybe I know he's a New York guy, but so maybe the seller who probably didn't return his emails. It was like, Hey, why don't you come down? Right. Stuff like that. That's all I want. Right. Uh, so like if I were to get on Conan or Kimmel or whatever, as a comic, I'm sure maybe the laugh factory or the improv would be like, Hey, you know, we love you. But, but is that for you? Is that important to you? Like, is it important to you to be a laugh factory regular? It doesn't seem like that would be something that you would give two shits about. Well, not maybe the improv. I'd like to go up more. Yeah. Uh, you know the factory not really uh it's a you know it's a great club but uh, sure you know i just i love the improv like they've always treated me well yeah you know Paige and rita and yep not to get too into the hierarchy there but like uh but it's crazy because i guarantee you there's probably people working the improv who are like man i'd love to work the comedy store oh yeah i mean so I there's think, that weird flip you know what i mean oh the store if i could pick one club in the country to be in at it's the store like it's just uh it's just gets my humor you know the dark not that i'm a dark comic but like uh it's just a good match like i, I see you as more of an improv guy yeah i i like the improv Th to me that's fun yeah but you could do well at the store too it's yeah, just yeah like yeah. i could do well at the improv yeah uh but you know and i know some people in new york you know uh do well at the cellar others love the stand which is like my favorite when i'm in new york uh, but it's so weird, like looking back for as long as we've been in the business for like, boy, oh boy, I remember the Laugh Factory was the place to be. Oh, and yeah. And yeah, nobody really cared about the comedy store. And then all of a sudden that game flipped and it, it just feels like you look at some of these lineups and you're like, I, I don't know a lot of these people. Well, I mean, you look at like, uh, you know, the comedy store lineups, uh, I don't think anyone can argue with them. Insane. Like... Uh, I was on one the other night where I literally was like, I don't know if I should be on this line. Sure. Like, like, I'm kidding, but like, I'm like, I really do feel like the Chinese guy in a gangbang. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, 
there's Marin, there's Jeselnik, there's Joey Diaz, Rogan, uh, you know, Tom Segura, Tom yeah. Papa, uh, Tom Rhodes, uh, you know, uh, some great uh, Mary Lynn Reichkopf. It's like just a hit. It's like a lister after a lister after a lister. And then me. What, what about comedy and magic club for you? Oh, I love it there. They all have always treated me very well uh, in it. That's something if I ever needed, like if some late night talks, I said, we need to see five minutes. I would call Richard. Yeah. Uh, Cause it's, I mean, you know, it's like it's great. Such a, uh, but since I'm a little more, uh, I guess dry and darker, I, I don't know if that would be the perfect place for my humor. Sure. But you know, I would, that would be the place I would tape. Yeah. You know, and Richard's always the, the I don't want to, well, the talent booker there. He's, he's great. Yeah. 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 Uh, I named the talent booker once at the stand and he, I guess he got all these emails the next day. So I'm don't, uh, oh, call, call these people, <laughs> you, you palming bastards <laughs> and say, Oh, Earl told me to like, I didn't tell you to do shit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Drop the phone number right now too. That's yeah. so funny that people would be like, yeah, okay. I don't want Richard and Hermosa. Hey, Earl said, uh, I can do it. Totally five. fine. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, these people are animals, uh, you know, but it's funny how you have a club you gravitate towards. 100%. 100%. And listen, I've said this a million times. It's interesting for me, too, because I see so many people. Listen, L.A. has so many levels of wealth, so many levels of poverty. You look at this business and there's so many people making a lot of money, a lot of money. And then you look, there's people not making any money. And it's crazy because. LA has so much opportunity, whether it's voiceover, commercial, whether like there's so many guys are all making millions of dollars in comedy that are writing, that are doing a lot of stuff. I was talking to Mike Young a couple of days ago. That guy's constantly working on screenplays, scripts, books. That's what he does. And he makes a nice living doing that. And you're like, oh, wow, that's crazy. So he can afford the luxury of going out on the road, working with Saget for the weekend maybe not making a bunch of money, but still having a great time because he has a nice build-in nest egg from everything oh, sure. he's writing. Yeah. Well, I think Mike also enjoys, uh, you know, sometimes comedy doesn't pay in dollars. Yes, yes. Uh, I know what you're saying, yes. But Saget treats him great. Like, yes. You know, like Ralphie treated you great. Yep. Uh, Rob treated me great. Like, you know, it's, I think at some point, though, like, don't you want to, like, after four years with Rob, it's like it was hard to leave because it's like these crowd. He sells out everywhere. Of course. I mean, four years, not one show did not sell out. I mean, wow. You know, it, it was really like. By the way, one better for you. You're doing the middle spot, right? The mid, like you're doing what twenty twenty five minutes in the middle. Yeah, that's the easiest spot in the lineup. You don't have to anchor anything. But in some ways, it's hard because it's like. Uh, you know, when you're in, say, Winnipeg, yeah, at Rumors Comedy Club, great club. Uh, you know, there's two things to do in Winnipeg see the Jets play and see Rob Schneider. So yeah. they're like, get this guy or girl, like, great, where's Rob? Right. And I know that's like when I go see Kiss, Zeppelin could be opening. I want to see Kiss. Right. So I get what they're thinking. Uh, I didn't realize you were that. Is that your that you love Kiss? I love Kiss and Rat. Oh, funny. But I get like, you know, when I when I go see Kiss play at the of course. Forum, you could have the greatest opening act of all time. They could be the greatest bunch of musicians that God has ever put in a room together. 
I want to see the bombs, the explosions, just like this crowd wants to hear, you can do it. And, and you know, all Rob's great stories. Right. You know, so they don't, you know, I would cheat uh, a little bit and do better than most because like Rob would always take me when he would play like a hockey city, like Calgary, okay, Edmonton, Winnipeg, um, you know, Montreal, Toronto. So I could just do hockey jokes and they would love it. Uh, but you know this at the end of the day, cause I saw this with a lot of guys, you're at the end of the day, at the end of the show, you're helping them sell merch. And so all of a sudden you no longer become the comic on stage. You're the guy working at Macy's. You're helping sell the t-shirt sizes. You're grabbing stuff. You're running the credit cards and you know, not that it's bad, but you are no longer that guy who they saw on stage killing. You are the guy grabbing them a medium T-shirt. And that's hard to do sometimes. Oh, it's, uh, by the way, the great Paul Morrissey. Is, oh, he's uh, listening? He just said, just Jerry saw- is the only guy who showed up for Earl's gangbang. So. <laughs> just saw Paul last night. I bet. Yeah, damn uh, right it did. But yeah, I mean, I can't tell you how many times. Uh, I mean, I would never truly kill, but I would do well. Uh, most nights opening up for Rob and you'd have a pretty girl after. Hey, great set i loved your comedy and you're like a uh, large or medium <laughs> cash or charge right like, right uh but rob like would treat me like, like i have no complaints uh you know but it's like after a while you're like i want to like yeah you want to do on your own 100 percent. but yeah. some people don't like some people love being the opener the host uh you know it's everyone's different like i want more but it's hard. Like, you know, you open up for Ralphie. Ralphie sold out everything. Sold everything. Like, all of a sudden you're opening up. And then cause it was, I was asking Mike Young that too, because Mike was telling me he was featuring all weekend for Saget at Stand Up Live in Phoenix. And then Sunday night he was headlining. So I said, is that weird going from that shift of sold out, sold out, doing 20, 25 minutes in the middle to now anchoring the show and the crowd's not that big. And he said, yeah, it's, it's difficult. It's a challenge, you know, cause you're not the rock star anymore. I mean, you know, you definitely can have fun. It's just, you're, you're developing or you're kind of flexing a different muscle, but you're not that guy anymore. Yeah. I mean, it, it's tough though. Sometimes it's more fulfilling. Like you're like, okay, I'm here on my own. They're here for me. Yeah. It's not an ego thing, but it's, it's, you know, at some point you gotta, you know, depending on where you're at and your comedy goals, you know, you want to be the guy. How many, how many regular spots now are you getting at comedy store a week? I mean, it's different. It really depends on who's in town. Yeah. Uh, you, you know, if, if, if Joe's in town and, and, and Jazzelnick's in town and Segura's in town and the, the, the monsters, Joey Diaz in town, uh, you know, maybe one a week. And I'm happy with that. To yeah. Be honest with you. Uh, you know, although Tony Hinchcliffe, I'll never forget, you know, the night I showcased for the store, uh, you know, I, I thought I was going to get past. I had a pretty not set. It's, you know, six minutes, but like I, I, I killed, like it just, it was the perfect showcase set that night. It's just the first joke did well. Second joke did a little better. Third joke did great. The fourth joke just, you know, like it was a pack. Everyone was rooting for me that night. Even Dalia came in and watched and he, okay. you know, you don't really see Chris like watch other comics. Okay. Uh, and uh, Tony and Jesus Trejo were like, dude, you're going to get passed. And I'm like, Hey man, I'll, I'll be happy for a Wednesday night spot at 1am in 
Tony looked at me and was like, well, that'll change after about a month. Uh, and I was like, nah, dude, you're crazy. I'll, I'll be happy. And then he was right. Like, you know, you get that one spot a week. Yeah. And, and you want two. And, and then uh, you, you get two. You want three. And uh, so that, but I never bug uh, Adam. Uh, you know, I, you know, it, it's such, I can't imagine the stress he goes under a page at the improv. Sure. Uh, you, to be a booker in LA uh, of the comedy store or the improv, you're telling 200 comics a week. No. Yeah. And good comics. Yeah. Like comics who you're like, Hey, if I had unlimited spots, you'd be, you'd be getting two or three a week, but I've got, uh, you know, 12 spots a night to give out in the original room. It's probably, literally 200 comics who are deserving of those 12 spots of those 12 spots uh three or four of those comics are going to get three or four spots a week because of their name right so i'm now down to eight spots that i can give out to those 200 you know so it's just like uh well by the way did you know that you were showcasing that night did you know oh, yeah. that i mean so it you was, knew that uh, and then what happens after you get done with the set what happens at uh, that point well, this was the first showcase Adam had done. Oh, uh, you know, they had gotten rid of Tommy uh, and Tommy yep. didn't really showcase people. He would just pass you, you know, it wasn't I don't know if it was uh, completely above board. Uh, but Adam, uh, the way Adam does it, and I still think he does it this way is he'll put you on in the middle of the show. So you're guaranteed to go on in front of a hot crowd. Oh, wow. So it's it's not like you're going on Sunday night after the open mic. Like you're going on after or before, right before Dalia. Oh, Seb wow. Sebastian, uh, you know, Rogan. Um, so I went on that night and everyone did well. Uh, you know, me and Candace Thompson were passed. We were the first two that Adam had passed. But wait, you said you weren't passed that first night. No, I was you passed. The first you were. Night. Okay. Okay. Uh, I said, I didn't think, uh, you, you know, you never know. I mean, maybe I, you know, cause I was, you know, when I got past, uh, it was almost hurt me that everyone was coming up to Adam going, you got to pass Earl. He's the guy. Everyone loves him. He's been up here forever. Tommy fucked him over. And it was like, you know, it, I, did I'm, you know Adam all that well at that point or not really? Not really. I mean, we're, we're uh, we were, uh, friends, uh, but, you know, I had met him at the Tempe Improv in 2011. Yep. That's where I know from. Uh, for uh, Schneider. And I was there with Jeff Richards. Yep. And uh, I was just the host. And uh, I think he had remembered me. And, uh, you know, just worked out that he came to the comedy store a couple years later. Right. As, as the manager. And then uh, he was the booker. And uh, but it almost hurt me that everyone was like saying he needed to pass you. Yeah. Because uh, he almost wants to make that decision on his own. Yeah. And even sure. though he loved me, like, I don't think I have one enemy in this business. Uh, even the people I don't like, which is, are very few, they can't say a bad word about me. Uh, but he was what I love about Adam is he's very honest. Like, unlike Tommy, who would tell you, come hang out and I'll, I'll work you in. It's like Adam's like, you know, I'm going to showcase you. Uh, I'm not going to pass you if you don't do well. I know everyone wants you up here, but like, it's not how it works. And uh, I wouldn't want it to be passed just because, you know, you called them or. Sure. So, uh, you know, it worked out. And, and then uh, does he tell you that night that you or does is it a decision he thinks about or. I think uh, Moses, Brian Moses actually called me the next day and uh, said you can start calling in your spots. Oh, wow. Yeah, so it was crazy. I, I was in this seat right now in my underwear, 10 in the morning on a Friday. 
because I think the showcase was a Thursday and uh, started like not full on crying, but like, fuck, I'm in. Yeah. But, you know, the store's not the end all be all. Sure, sure, sure. But for you, you that's it was a big thing for you. It was like a very cool, you know, well, th- you that's know, a cool thing. You know, 13 years in, I really had nothing going on. Uh, you know, and this was, uh, I think, Roast Battle had just started to take off. But still, I, you know, you know, I always had the feeling playing the house racist that, uh, and this was long before Comedy Central came on board, uh, that they that was not going to get on television, and I I think it should have, but like didn't. Uh, so I was like, well, I gotta like get something like going, right? Um, and, and and by the way, like because it's interesting that you say comedy store because I remember talking to Brian Regan and he has said people ask him what was his you know greatest moment as a comic, and he was saying getting passed at his home club in Miami, like right. that was a big deal for him. Yeah, you I know, mean, he's like the perfect example of. Someone who's not store affiliated at all. No. Uh, works completely clean. Uh, I, I think he's doing pretty good for himself. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I think so many people, I see it with the store because it's the hot club now. They put everything into, you know, I got to get in there. And it's like, no, go to the improv. Go to the Laugh Factory. Sure. Go to the Ice House. Go to Hermosa. Right. Uh, you know, I just think you know, and pick which one do you think is going to uh, suit you? Because there are very few guys, wouldn't you say, that are in everywhere. There's I mean, very few. There's Byrne. You yeah. Know, Brody is someone who... Uh, like if, a Frazier Smith, you know yeah. what I mean? Um, I mean, there's, yeah, there's maybe 10. I mean, Rogan, obviously. Byrne doesn't work comedy and magic or does very little, you know, yeah. too far for him, uh, you know, but but... Yeah, you can pick a chip. Like, I got to tell you, I mean, people will maybe disagree. I love hanging out at Flappers. They're always super nice to me. They're good people. I don't mind them. I mean, I never jived at Flappers. Sure. Uh, but I'm not against people who do jive there. Like, By the way, I got one one better. For, I, I've maybe stepped foot once or twice into the Ha Ha Cafe. I, I'm not even sure some nights where that place is. Don't even know. <laughs> it's, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like for me, that was not my club. That wasn't a, wasn't a thing for me. Uh, you know, the ice house, it, you know, this business, it's all cyclical too. It's like you get a booker in there that's been in there. Look at how many times like the Hollywood improv changes hands and you're the guy, the guy, the guy. And then all of a sudden, like, you know, this Adam could be gone six months from now. And oh yeah. It, it's now a new guard over there. Adam could buy the club in 10 years and it's still like you never know it's it's a very weird business that we're in where other people are definitely controlling a lot of you because some people that we know mutually had problems with the comedy store saying hey i used to get up there all the time why aren't i getting up there now and the rule was who in this lineup of these 15 people are you going to bump off who do you feel like you're bumping off and the answer is nobody i mean i don't you know who are you pulling? I mean, I had someone say that to me the other night, and it was kind of insulting because I was on the lineup, and they were complaining that they don't get up. And I, I literally walked them over to the lineup sheet that night, uh, and I said, who would you replace on this lineup? Yeah. And literally, you know, the, the first 10 were like the heaviest of heavy hitters, and then it was me Jessica Michelle Singleton, uh, Lucas Hurl, uh, and I was like, 
who would you replace? Yeah. And they kind of just stared at me and walked off and, I don't know, smoked weed or something. He's yeah. Like, well, maybe if you stopped smoking weed so much. Yeah. And fucking went to, I don't know, the improv, try and get up there. Uh, but, you know, uh, Jimmy Carr gave me the best advice, and I've said this before. You know, worry about yourself. Right. Worry about your side of the road and be funny. Right. And that's really what I've tried to do. Yeah, there's a million factors involved. And again, like... I remember starting comedy back in San Francisco and like so many people were focused on the two clubs, Cobbs and punchline. And I remember Andrew Norelli said, I don't know if you guys know this, but there's a whole world of clubs right outside this building. Like there's a whole, like play other places. And the truth is once you, you know, these clubs that I'll never work that place or they'll never work me or whatever. The minute you become famous, you can start selling tickets. Oh, you can All bets anywhere. are off. You can, you can, you can go into, I saw it with Ralphie. You can go into those clubs, take a big shit on stage, call the club owner, you know, whatever name you want to, and they will laugh and enjoy it with you. But, oh yeah. But the minute you stop selling tickets, they're done. Get the fuck out. They, they don't want it anymore. Oh, absolutely. I mean, uh, it's as long as you are that's why you see like reality show stars sell out uh, a room and it's like they don't have five minutes oh yeah like yeah. literally they do not have five minutes uh but they can sell out a room yep uh great we'll just have gary do the bulk of uh the lifting that night and uh you know or earl or whoever uh, well it's funny i got a call from it's funny you said that because i got a call from a booker and they wanted me to go into a club and go up before the headliner who wasn't going to do very well but would sell tickets and they said we would love for you to do 20 quick minutes before the headliner uh would you do that for us and i said uh sure and this was a club out of state and they offered me $75 a show with no hotel. Sweet. Who books it? <laughs> I'll take it. But it, it's so funny to me. You're just like, well, well you, you just told me two seconds ago that I'm going to help save the show. Yet you're going to give the headliner a hotel, obviously, but you can't help me out. It just, it shows you how little value we have. Oh you know yeah. I mean? I mean, you have to, uh, you know, know your own value and like, you know, when you're guys like you and me with no representation, of course, like, we'll just throw these guys to the wolves that they don't like it. There's 50,000 other comics who will grovel to open up for screech. Yeah. But don't you think there's the other thing too, which I always love. And I've always said this, no matter what level of, we always want more, right? We always want to be oh, somewhere absolutely. else. We always want more, but here's what I will tell you. I, I know a lot of headliners that make way more than me. They're doing a lot more than I am. They've been on TV a lot more. And I will tell you, a lot of these guys are not happy people. They're just not. And I will tell you, no matter what level of fame that I attain or get to, maybe this is it. I will tell you, there's no better feeling. And you know this with the comedy store. There's no better feeling than walking into a club, whether it's the improv, for you, the store, whatever that is, and feeling that just sense of family. Oh, listen, yeah. Listen, we saw this at Ralphie's Memorial. Uh our friend uh, Siddiqui Fuller, who passed away it's crazily, crazy. he's like, here's what's crazy to me, right? Siddiqui wasn't even a regular at the improv, the Laugh Factory. His name was on all of the marquees, like rest in peace, Siddiqui. And you're just like, that's what this business is. This business is what it was when we walked in and saw Ralphie and all of his friends that were there honoring him. You're just like, oh, wow, this is what it is, despite some people maybe having 
you know, their opinions about him, bad, whatever that was, it's all out the window that night when you're there to honor somebody who does what we do. Oh yeah. I mean, that's what I love. I mean, well, we're going to get, see, this is a good time to cut the Facebook live feed because now I want people. This is another thing I found help get the numbers. Yeah. Uh, you, you tease it. Oh, and say, now you got to go over to iTunes, listen to the rest. And then you cut the shit off. Right. Oh. So I'm going to ask you a question. Yes. Okay. And then I, then you cut it. But I want you to keep talking. Okay. So, but give your plugs for the Facebook live freaks. Okay. Let's see. Uh, Website, GaryCannon.com. And they can connect to all my social media from there, which everything is essentially Canon comedy. So it's GaryCannon.com. All my tour dates, all that other great stuff. Uh, if they want to come see a taping of the Conan O'Brien show, they can link up to audience tickets on the site. And uh, yeah, my tour schedule's there. Our podcast link for the Gentleman's Dojo is up there as well. So yeah, go to GaryCannon.com and link you to everything. Now here's the question I'm going to ask it. you. But I want you to give a two-second beat. And then you cut it. Then I cut it. All right. Go ahead. Like my comedy influence growing up as a kid was Carol O'Connor's Archie Bunker. Wow. Uh, okay. Who was your comic influence, Mr. G. Cannon? My, wow, there's a lot of them actually. But I remember when I was, did you cut it already? When I was a young kid just watching like Eddie Murphy Raw, watching, uh, George Carlin. Remember like Carlin on campus? I remember that one. That was pretty badass. Um, boy, there was a lot of them actually. Uh, but you liked the, the TV show essentially. Um, what else did I like? There were a lot of that shit. Let's see. Um, yeah, let's see. I mean, there was, you know, for me personally, I mean, I just remember being in, I think, high school when I saw Eddie Murphy, Delirious, Eddie Murphy Raw, which was like one of the best things I'd ever seen. Um, Carlin on campus was great. Uh, well, he had a bunch of others too, which I was bummed because I was hoping. Would you zip up your goddamn pants? I had to pee. That's I know why. you did. That's why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now your junk's hanging out. Sorry about that. But I don't mind it though. Would I, you tuck that shit in? What the fuck? Fuck, it's hot in here. <laughs> So, so like you like traditional stand I yeah. didn't like you I like that Archie Bunker kind of thing to, to like George Jefferson I liked people of course who would say like these crazy things but were likable yes yes or they would do like 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 George Jefferson was that guy who could just drop some really funny stuff and then walk away and you liked him for it a lot absolutely but you know because I back Back in the 70s, like, I didn't watch Johnny Carson, you know, so I didn't see, right. like, the comics, uh, you know, who were, you know, there was only one, which is why I love I'm Dying Up Here so much, because there was only one show back then to get on, Carson. Yeah. That's that it. was it. There was no Netflix. That was a game changer, by the way. No Comedy Central. No. There was no Conan, no Kimmel, no Seth Meyers, uh, you know. It's crazy to me, too, because I remember... I just graduated from college. This would have been back in 93. And I remember watching, uh, maybe I was still in college. Maybe I was graduating. And I remember watching Conan from college. And how funny is it like 25 years later to be working for him? Like to me, that was pretty, that's pretty cool. Like a cool little story of like, oh, wow. 
you do get to work with people that you really, yeah. I mean, you know, another person, not even a stand up, but who I always listened to way before I started doing stand up and just dug what he did for years and years and years was Howard Stern. I mean, just, you know, there's a guy made it look so easy, so effortless. Uh, I remember when I first started doing stand up comedy, I saw Sue Murphy. And Sue Murphy would do a lot of the same jokes and Sue would come out and make it look so easy. And you're like, oh, that's the reason why you're laughing because she has this energy to her that makes it look like she's telling this story to you for the first time. But the reason she's so damn funny is because she's done this a million times. You know what I mean? It's like Kathleen Madigan, like those kind of people. You're like, oh, this is what it is. People who are good make it look seamless. It's like, you know, when I do crowd work, people are like, oh, my God, that was so awesome. It's like, well, it's kind of the same crowd work over and over again. It's like there really isn't anything. And I'm not saying this disparagingly, but it's like good crowd work looks like it's done off the top of your head, but it really isn't. You know what I mean? Oh, I mean, like your crowd work is you and Don Barris are really uh, like the kings in Ian Back. Uh, Ian's great. Ian's yeah. like, an, like, uh, wow. Uh, like I thought I was good at crowd work. I look at Ian. That's a different level. That's, I, but, but it's also one of those things too. And you know, this, how many people, when you first start doing stand up, they're like, Hey, I may not have enough time to go do a road room or, or 50 minutes on the road, but I'll do my 15 minutes that I have. And then I'll just fill it in with crowd work. You're like, you're going to fill it in with crowd. Like you can barely do 15 minutes, but that's, that's the, just, idea people have they really believe that well i mean that's when i started doing the road uh, you know i would get with these lazy headliners and of course i was too green to know it at the time what they were doing but uh they were like hey man why don't we just split the time <laughs> and i'm like saying to myself uh dude i don't have that time to split yeah, yeah. But, but you would do it anyway and so you would be forced to do crowd work are there are there guys that you and i both know from having done this enough times that you're like boy i wonder why this person isn't bigger i wonder because there's so many oh my god i mean i mean the list goes on and on right uh, i could like i mean i just i've often said if i quit stand-up which i don't think i ever will I would love to be a booker of a late night of a Conan of a, you know, that you would throw all of those people that are so well deserving of it. Oh my, I I would throw Jason Galern. Oh my gosh. I mean, and he's been on TV before, but that's a dude who should be famous. Uh, Brian Holtzman. uh, Yep. Sean Halpin. Yeah. I mean, there's, uh, I mean, an uncalculable amount of people I would help. Yeah. Just because, uh, you know, this business though is so, uh, you know, it's unfair, you know, Jeremy Piven's headlining yeah, uh, and nothing against him. I don't know him, uh, but it's like, he ain't a headliner. He probably can't even feature. Right. But I get it. Right. You know, Jason, Galer- he couldn't follow Jason Galern. No uh, way. But you know, he's, you know, you know, you see it with a lot of people who come from other, uh, fields of acting what is he doing though for 45 minutes i don't know i mean i heard him the uh, you know I, I you know he's always been nice to me when i see him at the store like hey dude what's up uh but i heard him over say to someone the other night at the store i think i've got this wow it's like what you gotta be kidding me 
Yeah. And it's once again, it's nothing personal. I don't know. But right. It's like, you think you have this after doing stand up for maybe six months? Sure. If that. And I'm assuming that of those six months, you weren't doing it every week. Right. Uh, you're also doing good gigs. I mean, you're also not grinding it out in front of four people yeah. to get your chops. You're grinding it out in front of decent crowds. Yeah, you're playing the Laugh Factory where, you know, the, the, the comedy juice thing or whatever. Or I guess that's at the improv. But I don't know what the Yeah. Is, you know. But, uh, but, you're, but it's very surprising. You're like, oh, you really – and yet – there are great headliners. You look at a guy like Lachlan Patterson, Rocky Laporte, like a lot of these guys who you're like, those are real good comics. Those are great. And you're like, oh, but yet this guy, because of the acting, is kind of bumped to the front a little bit. Or, is that, or they're a YouTube star. or an See that over and over again. Yeah, I mean, uh, and they're not, I'm not going to say they're not talented, but like, uh I've seen a lot with, you know, when I was on Roast Battle a lot and they would have these weird judges like YouTube stars and, you know, they were, you know, the, the panel would be a YouTube star, Kirk Fox, yeah. Eddie Ift, and, uh, you know, Paula Bell. And the YouTube star was so out of the weeds, uh, you know, having to be funny with that panel. It's like, wow, this ain't good. Right. Right. I mean, it worked out for me because I could, you know, shit on them and they really weren't capable. I did a show. I hosted a show at the Improv. I, I wasn't I just hosting it, but it was great comics that were mentoring YouTube stars for them to do stand-up. So Burt Kreischer was mentoring somebody. Boom, boom. And I just remember it was packed. And, you know, they come out and all of a sudden they go to the lowest common denominator and start talking about jizz. And, all, and you're like, oh, wow, this is. That was me. Oh, that was you, yeah. but that wasn't at the improv. That was in your bathtub. <laughs> By the way, great job. This is the first time I've really seen you since uh, doing 25 minutes at Ralphie's memorial. <laughs> is that? No, I've seen you since then. Is that not true? Everyone's doing five, six minutes. You bring your mom up there. <laughs> I still laugh because I said when my mom got off stage, I said, if you're not going to take this seriously, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> like, and she's heartfelt crying you know because ralphie meant a lot to her and i just completely dumped on her and then Corey and chad were up there trying to do time too and i was like it was so obvious as they were doing preset bits <laughs> i'm like okay guys are you looking for management here like it was like or something like Corey and chad don't have management finally the first justice of comedy here in la <laughs> i think jeff ross had the best line of the night when he i know uh, exactly what you're gonna say <laughs> you care you got your grandmother who you want to give her a few minutes or like uh, no i i was gonna laugh like you said he did a benefit for autism <laughs> was he doing something else for like another right. illness or something like that but he, that was a great uh like you said that's why i'm almost glad i say i'm a comic is that night of you know just everyone i'm sure there were comics in the room who didn't like each other or, that all came together or whatever and have beefs and 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 it was like we're here for ralphie you know that's Do all that we were there for dr ken just hightailing it from a movie set just to just pay respects and like he didn't uh, even speak did he no he got there uh not late but uh i guess yeah. uh but like that's like i love dr ken like that's a dude if if everyone were like dr ken steve I, byrne like man this business would be easier to negotiate. i will tell you working on his show for two seasons he every year for my birthday would wheel out a birthday cake no right. other shows doing that none he is just the classiest, nicest guy. 
that you're going to meet. Yeah, and like, it, like I just wish more people would take that lead. Russell Peters. Yeah. Uh, well, you know. you know those guys, too, at the end of the weekend that are bonusing you, giving you way more money than the club had even ever imagined paying you. It's like, oh, hey, here's the first time I met Ralphie. Years ago, when I worked with him in Irvine, club hands me a check for 300 One of the managers comes over and says, hey, Ralphie gave you this as a bonus. I don't know, Ralphie. Open up the envelope, 500 bucks. Are oh you my serious? God. I mean, Ralphie was like, uh, I don't know if there's a comic living or dead who tried to help more people than Ralphie. Like, uh, And by the way, at the end of your life, don't you want to be known as that guy who just helped everybody, went out of his way? Hey, do a guest set, come to dinner, right. come learn, come this. Like, don't you want that to be your legacy? I mean, you know, Ralphie had a very successful stand-up career. You know, I, I don't think I, I'll ever attain that. But like at the end of the day, you just want people to be like, oh, wow, he was a good dude. You know oh, I mean? my God. I mean, like. Uh, he was constantly, uh, of course I had to delete most of his DMS after he passed. Uh, you would have thought a ludicrous record was being written. What do you mean? Uh, <laughs> he, Ralphie had a, a cutting edge sense of humor. Oh, uh, the DMS to you. Yes. I see. Okay. It's like, uh, if I get hacked, you know? Oh yeah. 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 He's already gone. I see. You got to get rid of him. Fucked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you don't no, need any trace of this shit coming back. But he w was always like, let me get you out of L.A. Let me get your road gigs. Uh, you know, the last correspondence we had, he wanted to go fishing. You know, and I was like, I don't know if I can be in a boat with you, dude. Also, I mean, also one of those guys, too, where he was a guy. We'd walk into a restaurant. He would start paying for different tables. Yeah. You know, let's do this. Let's do. And, and he was the first guy, too, to say, hey. I want my openers that come with me on the road to make 200 a show, to make 250, whatever that was. Like, he never allowed you to go away with an empty wallet. He was just that guy. And, like, he always took great care of you. He was just, you know, whatever you want to do. Like, and also a guy, too, that would never, ever, ever allow you to stay at the comedy condo. I don't care if this condo faced the Pacific Ocean and had. 180 degree view like he just like he was like nope you're staying with me at the hotel yeah he was. that's bottom line uh, and if a club wouldn't call you back with information about who was picking up at the airport whatever he would get on them i mean he would be like you're treating my opener this way right great i'll cancel the week no problem like, he would too he would he wasn't messing around he was he was that guy and you're like oh my god like never forget one of my favorite ralphie stories was we were working in Shreveport, Louisiana together. There was a funny bone there. And he said, I will tell you this right now. The guy who owns this club is a scumbag. And I think I worked with him. Yeah. With Schneider. Th this guy. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So we get to the club. Uh, end of the two nights come. The owner gives me a bonus. He said, hey, it was better two days than we thought. Here's a little extra money. Ralphie's like, I know that he did this, but there's still something really fishy about this. So Ralphie and I go to dinner after the, the second night and we tell them where we're going. It's a small little town, Shreveport. So they know where we are about an hour into our dinner. We're wrapping up some guy from the club, not the owner, but some guy comes to the club and says, Hey, the owner reran the numbers. Shouldn't have given you that bonus. 
here is this check with your real amount on it. I need to take the check with the bonus on it. And Ralphie looks at him and he's like, you got some goddamn nerve. He's like, we're sitting here eating a dinner. The shows are over with. You need to get the F out of here. You tell your boss you just didn't see us. I'm not exchanging any check. You're bothering us. Get out. <laughs> Guy squabbles away. And Ralphie said, I bet your check's going to bounce. I know it. He's like, let me know when it does. And so the check bounced. Ralphie went nuts. And a couple days later, Ralphie cut me his own check with all the bank fees, all that other stuff. But that was just what he did. You know what I mean? You know, you know those guys like... Well, that guy did the same thing with uh, Schneider. Like every show was sold out, completely sold yeah. out. Uh, and and Rob, I think, had an inkling of uh, this guy might not be above board. So he yeah. he counted the seats. I think he had the opener. Uh, like the local guy said, I want you to count every seat. Uh, and of course, it was like 400 sold every show. Yeah. And Rob, I think, got paid only like as if there were 300. Of course. Uh, and Rob was like, well, it was 400 people. I had my guy count. And the guy got all nervous. He's like, uh, well, uh, well, you know, there's a lot of radio comps and right. uh, local business comps. And like, you know, that, you know, Rob got paid the full amount. <laughs> well, but why, why is it that you have to fight over it? Why is that? You know what I'm saying? Like, like. You would think that they would be just as happy because they're now making more money. There's food and beverage, all that stuff. But it's that little uh, – a buddy of mine who was working for an improv, he was doing his own headlining weekend. He's on the radio in Pittsburgh. He was doing his own weekend out there. And I'll never forget this story. It's one of my favorites. The manager who was there is no longer there. But the manager comes over to him. It's a sold-out Friday night right before Christmas. This guy did so much promo on the radio to promote this show over the weekend because it was his show and friends and the club manager comes over and he says, Hey, just want to let you know your mom is here and she hasn't, uh, honored the two drink minimum yet. And my buddy Bill was like, are you serious? And, but he was saying it in a way, like you're really bringing this up to me right now. And right. the manager was like, yeah, I am serious. And Bill's like, no, no, no. You're serious in a way that you're asking me about this during a sold out show right now. Like you're worried about my mom's two drink minimum. Like that's the mentality of it. You know what I mean? But it's even in the, on the local level. Like I had, uh, you know, I was just offered a gig like three weeks ago. Uh, I don't want to give out too much specifics, but uh, in terms of the location, but it's in a beachside community. Uh, it rhymes with a Jalabu. <laughs> Uh, I mean, the guy asked me to do this show and I just assumed, oh, I'm headlining it. Like it's, it's a, you know. Yeah. And, uh, I was opening for like some open micer and I'm like, you gotta, you gotta be kidding me. Like I'm a complete nobody. You know, I know my place in the world of comedy, but like, really? Like, and the guy's like, well, I can get you back in in like five months. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, you got to be kidding. I, mean, I didn't say it. I said, nah, I, I, that's yeah. like, I, you know, I'm good. Thank you. Though. How did that guy find you? Uh, you know, I think he was a roast battle fan. Okay. So, uh, and I'm not putting down the dude who was headlining, you know, I don't know that guy, but it's like, really? Like, but he was obviously making more money than you. Well, but see with me, it's not the, at this point it ain't about the money. Right. Like it's about like, uh, respect. Yeah. Respect level. Of course. And like, you know, I, 
like even though I'm a complete unknown for the most part, it was like, well, dude, like I've got more credits than this guy. Right. Uh, you know, uh, you know, I'm paid regular at the store. I'm on a few TV shows. I'm not opening up for that guy. Right. No offense to that guy. Right. But you know, it's like really right. That's it, but but that's at the local level that they're doing that. Yeah, like of course. Uh, oh, open. I've had that happen in open mics where you know this guy. It was at Ralphie's Memorial. Uh, I was supposed to do basically a book spot in an open mic. Uh, I told the guy, listen, I'm not leaving this memorial. Like, I Ralphie was like, fucking, I'm not leaving. Right. And he gave me attitude. He's like. Dude, you're not very professional. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. You expect me to leave Ralphie Mays Memorial to do a booked spot at uh, Highland and Sunset? And But he really, <laughs> you know, it's like. That was his priority. Yeah. Yeah, of course. It's like, are you kidding me? At yeah. The level of bullshit in this business, it's it's getting to me more and more. I don't know about you. Oh, it's it's, I will tell you. We were, um, Patrick Keene and I were just at a club with Byrne about a month ago, and it was, the the way we were treated was amazingly poor. Like, just, like, again, I'm not expecting a fireworks show when we walk in. Right. But, but, I mean, I was literally hanging out with some friends afterwards at their bar, and a manager comes over to me and says, okay, guys. Time to start heading out. Time to start heading for the doors. And I was like, I was just on the show. Like, I was up there telling your customers to make sure they tip the wait staff. I was also tipping the bartender that's hanging out here and helping us. You guys are still in the office doing paperwork. Like, you're pulling this. And I remember the door guy walking out past me. And I said, hey, thank you so much for being so rude to me and my friends. I really appreciate it. Like, you're like, and again, if I never step foot in that club, I just I could care less. You're gonna tr- and then there's other clubs that if you mention these clubs around the country, like talk to people like what are your favorite owners around the country? The guy at Works. Denver. Uh, you know she's amazing. There's so many people who are like, oh yeah, those are the top clubs to do. That they don't screw you. They're not looking at that little incidental stuff to save thirteen dollars at the end of the week. They'll do it. Yeah. Well, I was so impressed at Comedy Works, and I haven't been there in years, but, like, is it Wendy? I've never done that club before. I, I, I don't – I think her I name's think, Wendy. I think so, though. Uh, she reminded me of Mitzi from the standpoint of there wasn't anything that was going on in that club she didn't know about, and everyone was treated great. The staff was awesome from the bar back to the green room mo- moderator, I guess he was. Uh, and and you, that's why people – claw over themselves to play comedy works uh, same thing with the comedy store but hermosa i can't tell you how many times i've been there to watch rob or open up for him and like richard's like what do you want to eat or all i'm like well i'm not really on the lineup it doesn't matter what do you want right right like, and not, i'm not saying it's a great club because i can get a free meal no it's, but, but it they is treat that, you like of course they treat you like they treat rob 100 percent yeah. So I brought people down there who are just there to hang out. What do you need to eat? What do you want? Like they just, that's their open up mentality. Yeah. It's, it's, it's really... the greatest. But then there are those clubs you look at like the, the, the offers of like, Hey, you want to do this club? It's like, no, no, I'll stay home. I will stay home. I mean, it's just not worth it to leave the road. You know, the shows aren't going to be that great. It, it just, you're, you're better off staying and hanging out. 
Yeah, I'd rather do comedy locally with you and Galern and uh, you know Joey Marmo, just three friends. Uh, yeah, I hope we make money and play in front of a lot of people uh, versus going to uh, you know the Toledo Chuckle Room uh, opening up for uh, I don't know Roger Peltz. I, I I was saying why I can't believe that we have never like me you and somebody else have ever collectively done the La Jolla Comedy Store. Well, yeah, I mean, that would that, seem like a no-brainer. Yeah, I mean, just uh, Galern would be like a, a you know, uh, I don't know if we would get a weekend, but like a Thursday night, Wednesday night, you know, uh, that would be a blast. Oh my god! But that's what I, at this point I just want to do comedy with my friends. Yeah, you know, because uh, that's my thing too. If you're going to be out on the road, maybe the money's not that great, no problem. But if I'm not having fun, done. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely done. But that's my rule with uh, anything in the entertainment business. Like, uh, you know, I stopped doing roast battle when it wasn't fun for me. Uh, and it's still a great show, but like, I just was not. You're completely out of it. Well, uh, you know, never say never. I mean, like I said, uh, I get battle offers constantly. Is 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 Seema still part of it? Cena is. Cena. Uh, yeah, Seema's doing great. That's my what? neighbor, my Persian neighbor. Uh, no, the other guy. Cena. Cena. What's his last name? Omnitson. Yes. Right. He's great. Uh, Super like, nice. Is he still uh, part of it? You know, I don't know, to be honest with you. Uh, but like there was just, uh, you know, it reached a point on, on roast battle where it was like, you know, these New York comics would come out here and kind of overtake the show. Uh, and it's like, well, this is our show. Right. Like, like, no, who are you? Well, I mean, any, yeah, basically it's like, I would not go to New York. And first of all, I love the New York comics. Uh, they treat me like royalty when I go back yeah. there. I mean, Patrick Milligan, The Stand. Uh, I mean, so many great Mike Feeney, uh, Zach Amico, Christy Cielo. Uh, you know, uh, they're all great. Uh, but I was like, no, this doesn't work for me anymore. Right. This is a show that Moses created. Jeff got it on TV. I helped build it. And no. Right. So yeah, you wouldn't go out there and just start dumping on what they were like, yeah. just disrespecting what they were doing. Like when I went to judge the roast masters in New York, uh, I was very uh, subservient, I guess. Like it was Rich Boss and Jay Okerson. It's like, this is your room. I'll like, yeah, you know, follow, you know, your lead. And yeah. Louis Gomez is, you know, basically the Moses of the, the show. Uh, you know, it's like when I did the Skank Fest comedy festival last year, uh, you know, I was like, okay, this is, you know, I'm here on your turf. Right. What do you Where want? was that at? Where was that Skank Festival? Oh, dude, at? you would love it. Uh, it's Jay Okerson and Louis Gomez's, uh, it's, I wouldn't say it's a podcast festival, but it's, it's a comedy festival, but most of the comics are popular on podcast. Okay. So like you and Byrne would kill. Uh, okay. Kreischer uh, was like the main headliner. Uh, Jim Gaffigan was there. Oh, wow. They did the goddamn comedy jam. It was the closing night. Uh, I was a judge with Ari Shafir uh, and Bronson Jones doing Naked Roast Battle. I mean, it's three days of c constant sh shows, podcasts. Oh, wow. Uh, what city is it in? This one, last year was Long Island. I think this year is Brooklyn. Okay. Uh, but it's like... I was very like, uh, hey, you know, what do you want me to do? Just happy to be here. Yeah. Uh, 100%. So, but like I'm dying up here. I'm treated so nice on that show. Like I'm a recurring character. 
And a pretty small one. Where do they film that show at? Well, um, well, uh, see the the house location was in Burbank, in, okay, in, uh, Culver City. Uh, but like Santino and Griffin and Al Madrigal uh, w- would always, hey Earl, come eat with us. Like uh, you know, I, I, I mean, I was in that weird like I'm not an extra, but I'm not really a main cast member. But you know, Al would always introduce me to the producers and writers. Hey, he's a really funny comic. Like. Oh, this is fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you don't have to do that. Like, you know, so... uh, How often was Jim Carrey there, if at all? I didn't see him a lot, but I know he was. Yeah. Uh, You know, I was, like, basically there for a day, one or two days, and then the the season finale, I was there for five days. Okay. Uh, But, you know, my call times are so weird, they'd be at midnight. Oh, wow. Really? You know, for the nighttime scenes, uh, which I loved. It was so weird to have a midnight call time. That's crazy. Uh, but, you and, know. And went till how long? What time would you be wrap it up? I mean, five, six in the morning. Really? Uh, I mean, that was the only, the scene that aired last night. You know, I had a scene with Santino, uh, Al, and Brad Garrett. Uh, you know, I think we started at two in the morning. Wow. And really? Brad Garrett was amazing. Yeah. Just super nice. Yeah. Uh, so uh, Madrigal's always been one of those guys too that's been super cool. You know, he's had a great career, great successful guy, funny guy, talented guy, but has always just been a fun, humble guy too. Yeah, well, he's you super know he's cool. hardcore, like he's very like he's a comedy uh, purist. Yep, which I love because so am I. Like I just like okay, Gary Cannon's funny. He should get the gig. Yeah, uh, you know. I'm funny for this. I should get it, but it's just comedy doesn't work like that. Right. Uh, you know, but like at the cast party, Al, uh, I don't want to say dragged, but uh, pulled over Jim Carrey and said, Hey, this is Earl. He's on the show. He's really funny comic. He didn't have to do that. Right. You know, uh, and like the, the cartoon I was on, same thing, uh, treated me like gold. Yeah. And, uh, but, you know, in regards to Roast Battle, I left in a good way. Like, you right. know, Moses and I are cool. Me and Jeff are buds. They still uh, do that show once a week then, right? Oh, it still kills. Oh, wow. Every fucking week, it's packed. Wow. Uh, so, but... And how often do you go to the comedy store even when you're not performing? Uh, not too often, because I, I don't like watching comedy. I have to do it. Right. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I don't want to watch other people. It's I'm selfish. Plus, you don't drink. I don't drink. I don't do any drugs. So, right. So, you... It's so, like, right. It's hard. It, like... A lot of guys go up there, have a beer, hang out, boom, boom, boom. That's not your thing. No, I don't want to like, yeah, I'm good. Like I don't, I want to do con. I'll go to Hooters. Yeah. I'd rather go to Hooters and get up, but I'm serious. So that's yeah. a great room. There's great room. I'll plug the room. Uh, cause there's a funny thing that happened last With time us? I was there. Uh, Gary Cannon, what, you know, <laughs> Gary's comedy style can be uh, acerbic to an yeah, audience yeah, yeah, member. Sure. And Gary had pissed off an audience member. Yes. And this audience member wanted to know Gary's information. Wanted uh, maybe a little fight could have been happening. Yeah, wanted wanted my information, right? And Gary did not want to divulge. No. And I pulled up Gary's website on my iPad, which is basically yes. a mini television. I said, no, he said, what is your name? And I said, Earl Skakel. <laughs> and then you said, no, 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 here's his website. And you pulled up my website, which was hilarious. And you showed him, you walked your I tablet stuffed it in his face. You 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 walked your tablet over to him and showed him my webpage. Um and what was hilarious by the way. But I'd rather go uh there get up uh, you know have fun. So Yes, me too. Uh yeah. 
you know, but like tonight is the amateur night at the comedy store. I'll go there to get on, uh, you know, after uh, the potluck. Okay, yeah. Uh, you know, uh, to you know, tonight's the night you can maybe get away with doing newer jokes. Uh, I mean, Rogan said it that you can't do new jokes at the comedy store. You have to do what works. Like, yeah, you know, I can't go on after you know two hours of you know headliners and go try out new stuff. Right. Uh, so a lot of times I'll you do gotta this, deliver. I'll do the same. I'll do the jokes I know that work. Uh, you know, and uh, you know, most times it works out. But uh, like, where where's your favorite club to like test out new stuff? Well, listen, I mean. Or do that, you do that? That's the running joke. I really, I don't do new stuff. I mean, I know it sounds silly, but I don't. I mean, I, I, I still love. I, I mean, I just did the improv last night. I had a blast. I remember back when I started doing stand up. I was nervous about that room. Could care less now. I remember never feeling like I deserved to be up at the Comedy Magic Club in Hermosa Beach. Now I feel like I do. Like I just, again, you look at those lineups. You're like, oh, I don't, I don't fit in here. And then you're like. No, I do. You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like I've earned being here. Like, I feel like it's my time. But, like, you can't try out new material at Hermosa. No. You got to be, you got to do it. I mean, you just got to, no, you, you got to be on. Like, you know, because it's pretty much a one-man operation there with the booker. Like, he's watching 100%. every comic. 100%. You know, he's not like, you know, back in the Tommy days of the comedy store, Tommy would, like, maybe watch two comics and then go upstairs and smoke weed and play guitar. Right. Like, right. So you could fuck around at the store. Right. Which might have been good because it allowed you a. Is Adam watching all the time or not? I think he watches uh, most of Monday nights. Yeah. You know, because uh, that's what I love about him. Like, he's always looking for new people. Like, really? Uh, and it's tough. Like, he could. The reality is at the store and, and really probably most clubs, you could never have another new comic there. And there still aren't spots. Right. But he just passed, uh, I think, two weeks ago, Ron Taylor, uh, who's a super funny black comic, because he just, this guy has to be in here. Yeah. Uh, so, but, you know, it, it's, I mean, there's, like I said, probably. Do you ever see those guys who are established, at, like, not those new guys, but they're established, and then they come to the store and want to get passed? I mean, like, yeah. you do. Like, who's an example of, like. I mean, I was just talking uh at the store the other night, uh, you know, because there's always a controversy. There's not enough women on of any lineups. Right. Uh, but I'm like, if I if Adam left and for whatever reason, Polly Shore says, Earl, I need you to just help us out. You're the booker for the next three months. The first people I would pass would be Ryan Stout. Oh, wow. Yep. Ian Bag, you and Eddie Eft. And interesting. Okay. But the, the person I was telling this to was like, dude, that's four white guys. Right. And I'm like, well, you tell me who's funnier than those four guys I just named. Uh, you know, I don't care if they're girls or transgendered, I'll pass them. Uh, and they were like, oh yeah, I guess you're kind of right. And that there might, you know, there's a lot of super funny, uh, female comics. Right. Uh, yeah. Who do you like out there? Female, female comics. I mean, uh, you know, I'm, such a store like you know jessica wellington's really funny okay she's uh the first uh female door guy I, okay you know, i don't know it's not said the right way female door person um you know best dowling who of course just sure she just got passed but she she's, just got passed okay she's amazing um you know jessica michelle is is great uh 
you know, I love Marilyn Reischkub, uh, but, but she, uh, of the ones who aren't passed, I mean, there's so many, uh, you know, that are, uh, young and upcoming. It, it's, you know, there's definitely a few that deserve to be passed, but it, it's, uh, do those guys like Ian bag, just not deal think, with it. I mean, I can't speak for Ian, but I, you know, I, I you don't see him hanging out there though. Uh, he's too established to right. The same thing with Eddie Ift. you know, Eddie headlines all over the world. Right. Uh, you know, uh, I mean, Jimmy Carr isn't technically passed at the store, but like he, he can go on whenever he wants, but like he's, you know, plays massive theaters. At, right. You know, I mean, uh, so, but there's a lot of uh, funny comics who, you know, just, there's no spot. But why? But but you say that like he can go on anytime he wants, but he's not passed. Like, what's the? Well, I, I don't think he's not. You know, like Jimmy Carr's name isn't on the wall. Okay, but uh, you know, he's just he's Jimmy Carr, right? Like he's if he calls up Adams, is going to go up tonight. He's going up tonight. How uh, how soon did after you got passed, did you get your name on the wall? Uh, I think it's like three months. Because oh. it's only once a year. They, you know, they, the, the same guy does it. And, uh, you know, it just, I waited so long to get past that I got probably the best spot you can get is the center on the front wall. Oh, that's where your date. Yeah. But, but, but where are they putting the names? Because obviously are they pulling names off or there's no. just so much space? It's like the Stanley cup. You know? Oh, wow. They have room for it. Once, uh, once you're passed and your name's on the wall. The building, it ain't going off. Wow. Um, so, and now they're kind of, uh, if you've ever been to the comedy store, the names start are starting to go around the driveway. Yes. So, uh, you know, but it's, uh, you know, it was, it was a great. Uh, it's funny you say that because I remember I was at home one night and somebody was at Comedy Magic Club and they did a preview video, you know, before the show starts. Right. And they said, oh, we saw you, a picture with you and Eddie Gosling in the preview video. I was like, Oh, that's really cool. You know what I mean? Like before the show started. So that was kind of a cool little, yeah, it's a cool moment. But that's another guy I would pass. Eddie got white guy. Uh, Absolutely. You know, uh, I mean, you know, it, it, it's, uh, so being a talent coordinator, Richard, Adam page, uh, such a difficult and all these guys, uh, a lot of people, I think most of whom are undeserving are blowing up their phones. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, listen, I, I'm proud of this fact that I have this great relationship with Adam that I've known him for years. And we always text each other, just kind of funny things. And I'm not barking up his ass. You know what I'm saying? Like, just, yeah. you know, it's just that I just like having that relationship where hey, I have some friends coming to town. Can they get tickets for the show? Got him. Like he just takes care of that. Paul Morrissey be another guy. Yeah. You know, it's like, uh, you know, it's crazy. The amount of like, um, but middle-aged white guys. I, well, I is. mean, but I think I have a pretty good pulse on like the younger, uh, you know, Matt Broussard, another white guy. Yep. Uh, you know, um, you know, there's a few roast battle comics that I would, uh, I don't know if they're necessarily uh, ready to be passed, but, you know, in terms of females, but they're, they're definitely sure. Like, uh, you know, cause I think the, the thing, so many people concentrate on being passed at the store. It's like, you're going to be following someone funny. Of course. Like even at one in the morning, you're going to be following Joe Dosh, who's great. You're going to be following me. Uh, and I'm not that hard to follow, but like you're going to have to be funny after yeah. you, you 
after me. Uh, you're going to be following Jessica Michelle, uh, Lucas Hurl, Josh Martin. Uh, you know, so it, is Josh Adam Myers past there? Th- that's another guy. Like, wow. you know, it's, it's there's so many white guys that, yeah. Uh, but, you know, there's also, you know, the door guys at the comedy store are all, uh, that's another thing that's changed at the store. You have to audition now to be a door guy or, gr- or girl. Uh, like, you have to be funny to work there. Really? You know, uh, I mean, Chelsea Skidmore is very funny. She's um, the cover booth girl. Okay. But she's a comic. Very funny. Uh, you know, and she kind of fits the store's energy. Like, she's a little, uh, not dirty, but like, she, she's edgy. Okay. Uh, so uh, she'd be someone I would look at, you know. Uh, you know, uh, Kelsey Lane is a very funny, uh, you know, female uh she's like got a wild story you know bisexual and like you know uh but you know there's just not enough spots you know they've added so many new shows like on saturday nights now there's a 7 30 show uh so they can have like adam can have like seven or eight more spots to give out Got it. sure um there's uh they started doing a five uh five comics doing 15 minutes uh, up in the dolly room and it's all like the one time i did it it was me Jimmy Carr, uh, and I've never been so nervous in my life because, you know, I think people don't think me and Jimmy like each other because we had a roast battle. Yeah. But he's like, he stood there at the top of the belly room stairs and just stared at me while I was on. Did he really? (laughs) That's great. But he was, he would laugh and like he gave me some tags. And uh, so like that's how stacked the lineups are is that Jimmy Carr is willing to go on in the belly room. Sure. Uh, And the improv is just as, you know. uh, Well, look at, I mean, that lab was never there. It was all one show a night or two shows a night. But then the lab is now doubling yeah, you I know mean, uh, they have like Kevin Nealon uh, doing shows, uh, you know, in the lab. Uh, Burt Kreischer, Rogan, Whitney Cummings. Just, uh, yeah, just doing shows in the lab in front of sometimes ten people. Yeah, just uh, just to get them more stage time. Yeah, uh, I mean, when I was trying to get past at the, M- I mean, I guess they don't really pass people at the improv, uh, like in the technical sense. Right, uh, right. Jamie Flam was like, Earl, I love you. And it was very much the same, like people telling Adam, you got to pass Earl or whatever. Uh, but he's like, I get eight spots a week to. That's it. To right. Because, uh, you know, levity, you know, puts their clients up. So I, I, I just, I, I got nothing for you. Right. And I'm sure it's, I don't know how the, I don't know how Jay Davis does it at the laugh factory, but uh, very good looking lineups at the laugh factory. Yeah. I mean, you think it's a model convention. Oh my gosh. It's crazy. I mean, but, it, it, but it's also like the ice house. It, it's almost like, oh, that's a club you kind of forget about too, like a, a third step cousin. You forget that it's there. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I do a lot of death squad shows there. Red Band has. Yeah. Uh, I like that club a lot. Yeah. I, I mean, love they, it. They've all, but even there, it's like, uh, you know, a few uh, spots. Th- there's a main room. Yep. There's the uh, side room. Uh, and they do the traditional show, three comics. Yeah. So, so forget uh, it. There's no 12, 15 comic right. lineups. Um, you know, it's crazy. Yeah. Like, I don't think people really, uh, you know, realize when you come to LA, I'm sure. I mean, New York, I think there's more opportunity. Right. Like when I did Skankfest, 
I did five shows one night, got paid for all of them, and walked to all of them. Wow. And it wasn't like I was walking 50 blocks. It was like right there. three blocks to the left. You do the stand, and then you walk to the standing room, which is their sister club, and then you walk to this the lofts, which is another club. Uh, you know, uh, I remember All Things Comedy last year had a uh, – little festival down in Arizona. Right. And it was great. Like it was just, you know, everybody stayed at the hotel. Uh, it was just a sense of camaraderie. It was a blast. And like, you know, I remember Matt Fulcheron and I, another guy. Well, he's passed, but like, that's a guy who should be famous. I, whatever famous is. I agree. You like, know, I don't know what famous is, you know, to some people you're famous. No, but I mean, like to an open micer, they would kill to have your career. Of course, of course. Uh, to some of the roast battle crowd, I'm adored. Uh, you it's, know. Right, right. Everybody's looking. I remember when I did this show at the Improv and was complaining about it. I remember there were people there that were brand new to comedy. They said we would give anything to be doing your situation right now. Yeah. They would uh, kill to do that. I mean, but, uh because I think so, so many of the roast battle crowd saw me get to the season one live finale. Oh my God, we want yeah. famous or whatever. By the uh, way, are they regulars at Comedy Store? Suli McCullough and Maranzio Vance. No. I mean, you uh, know. Siddiqui Fuller wasn't, uh, uh, you know. Uh, but I will say this with Adam. Uh, you know, I don't know exactly how Paige does it. Uh, I would say half the people Adam's passed in the four years he's been there have been minorities or women. Oh, that's great. Uh, you know, so it, it's, uh, but you know, it's, it's also like there's 80% of the people doing comedy are men. Yeah. So there's every lineup's going to be, what is, what is that secret bar that you always hear about at the comedy store? That's just for the paid, paid regulars. regulars. Yeah. Um, it's in the back. Yeah. And it's cool. Uh, you know, I think they built it, you know, for the, famous or i don't think that's a word uh you know the comics like rogan who you know just want to relax with their friends burr steve burn you know uh i see it a lot with rogan where you know these ufc fans like or like they get so starstruck they're like they want to talk about you know alistair overeem's you know rear naked choke he did uh, yeah it's like joe that just wants to do his comedy and like yeah be with his friends you know bill burr wants to talk hockey with me and Joe Bartnick in the back, he yeah, you know, so uh, so. It, and then, what is it like a like a free drink community? Or um, no, I think uh, I, you know, uh, you don't drink. So. I don't drink, so I wouldn't. I, I think people pay for their drinks, but it's just very intimate. Yeah, uh, and then there's a area called Sacred Ground that's supposed to be uh, for paid regulars and their friends only. Most nights it looks like a fucking bus depot. Oh, really? Uh, you know, people you know smoking weed and like. Uh, I've never understood that. It's like, do you think Adam's going to pop his head back here and go, oh, this guy's rolling a J. I wonder if they're funny. <laughs> right. But that's, that they feel like they're in that, right? I mean, sure. they're in, but they're out. Of course. But, uh, you know, I'm starting to, you know, think like Jimmy Carr and just worry about yourself. Man. Yeah. Yeah. It, everything else will take care of itself. Yeah. Just worry about you. You know, that's 100%. what I That's what I love about the podcast. I I wanted you on. You're here. It's, we're almost at two hours. We could go another hour. Uh, you know, no one's telling me to stop it. Right. I'll promote you don't have to worry about a podcast coming in after you. Right. Yes. I'll promote it tomorrow. Do your thing. Release it. I'll edit it tonight. You know, send you the link, you know. Then hopefully it does well. So, you know, this is going to bring us to one. Oh yeah, this, I think this is this is 
you know, Rogan, Rogan doesn't know what he's in the store for right now. He had Steven Tyler on. I had you on. He did. Yeah. That's amazing. But like, he was a little kid. Like you could see in the picture he posted with Steven Tyler. Like you think, you know, no one's going to make Joe Rogan feel giddy. Yeah. That was the guy. We're all fans. Yeah. Like uh, Joe had Paul Stanley on. I would love to have Paul Stanley. On. Yeah. Although Gene is my preferred guest because I think Gene has more of his, like my sense of humor. Yeah. Uh, but like it's just, you know, Bill Burr and I, when we talk hockey in the back, you can see his eyes light up when he's talking about Bobby Orr or, you know, Cam Neely. Sure. Uh, you know, it's just funny to see Con Russell Peters and I, we never bonded over comedy. We bonded over a guitar player in Kiss by the really? name of Vinnie Vincent. It was just weird to see the number one comic in the world probably yes. geek out over the, probably the most unknown comic in the world's mutual love of Vinnie Vincent. Right. So, right. That's what brought you guys together. Yeah. Sure. Our friend Yoshi introduced us. Uh, Yoshi Obayashi. By the way, is Russell a regular at the comedy store? I know he can, one of those guys can go up anytime he wants, yeah. but... Um, I don't think his name's on the wall. Yeah, I don't think so either. That's why I asked. But I also think with guys like Russell and Jimmy, and and I know uh, Jaslinik for a long time wasn't passed up there because, uh, uh, you know, Tommy was like completely insane with his logic. Um, they don't care. Yeah, like it's, it's irrelevant. Ian Bag, he's been on TV more than anyone. Right. I don't think he cares about going on after uh, whoever right uh, you know uh you know eddie f headlines all over the world um uh but you know still i think the store is the store right like everyone wants to, no matter who you are of course it's, it's like the seller in new york you come not you come to la that's where you're gonna go hang out with first 100 percent. Right. Like, yeah although like in new york like when i'm there i I would love to say i'm past at the seller yeah it's like it's the west coast or the east coast comedy store but I love being in at the stand. Yep. You know, I just love. I work at Gotham. To me, I yeah. love that club. Yep. Uh, I know a lot of people love the Broadway comedy club. Yep. Uh, you know, you got to go where it fits you too. I mean, that's the bottom line. Well, I like you know the stand because the booker is a prison guard in the daytime. You know, I think at like Rikers, he doesn't fuck around. There's no bullshit. He doesn't care if you're on a TV show. If you're not funny to him, you're not getting on. Right. Uh, which I kind of like. It, it really is based on uh, being funny. Yeah. It's it's very rare. Uh, like I could imagine the seller wouldn't return my email right now if I called them tomorrow or emailed them. Uh, but if I uh, got a Netflix special Tuesday... I'd probably be past at the seller Wednesday. Right. Uh, but it's like, well, I'm the same comic. Sure, of course. What, what's but the I difference? get it. You sure. Know, you want to sell tickets. Of course. So, And there's got to be some form of elimination process to them that's going to help them weed through everything. Oh, I, I mean, I, yeah. I'm like, I really, it's probably the best thing that I have a, a comedy trade is I know my place in the world. Right. I'm an unknown. But so most. many people don't. So many people... I see it all the time. I oh, mean, we, you know, yeah. Oh, I see it a lot with the roast do. battle people. Yes. Like, uh, you know, like people thinking I should be past the comedy store. I'm like, dude, I just did a show with you. You didn't have five fucking minutes. Yeah. You're good at roasting. You're good at insulting someone, calling them a whore. Right. Or calling them fat or whatever. But, uh, you know, like Ralphie Mays, the, 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 the greatest example of, uh, Ralphie was not good at roast battle. Right. 
Right. And, uh, he, like he did horrible against Sarah Tiana right. in the belly room and even worse against Mike Lawrence. But uh, I don't think Ralphie cared. Right. I don't think he did either. He was probably the, uh, next to Russell Peters, the number two draw. Huge. Comic in the, at least in the country. Still selling tickets, sold out everywhere you go. I mean, he's been dead for six months. He still outdraws most people. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> that was for Ralphie. Ralphie said, as we you love know, you. We love, I mean, Ralphie, I know you're not listening to this. Yes. Because inappropriate Earl does not go into heaven. <laughs> but, but if he were. He said. Yes. When I die, make fun of me. He did say that. But he, he meant it for you to make fun of him. For me, the twins. Certain people that he truly felt close enough to. Bruce Jingles. Yeah. You know. I, yeah. I loved Ralphie so much that I would have jumped into the coffin with him if there was room. Yes. <laughs> with Ralphie, it was an open casket. They couldn't shut it. <laughs> uh, it's probably a good time to end the podcast. <laughs> you have a Ralphie made? Give us a Ralphie would love this. Ralphie, this is for you. Gary Cannon. What G was give that? us a little roast of Ralphie May. Uh, let's see. Um, Don't do your act. What's that? Don't do your act. Uh, what am I thinking? Uh, bu 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 I always used to love it when I would board a plane with Ralphie and Ralphie would always be in first class and uh, uh, people would look at Ralphie. They'd be like, hey, you know, he'd, he'd calm them down. He's like, don't worry. Don't worry, player. We're going to be good here today. It was always like really, really funny. Like people were worried when they would see like such a big guy. And I remember we were going through airport security one day and he got busted with weed before like he had a medical marijuana card. It was always just so he, he traveled on his own schedule, which I loved. He was just you. The, the thing about Ralphie, when you worked with him, you were on his schedule. If Ralphie wanted to go to a movie at three in the afternoon, you went to a movie. If Ralphie wanted to grab dinner at four in the afternoon, that's what you did. Like you were available to him and he was such a good person to hang out with that. It didn't matter. I thought you were going to roast him. I know. Listen, I'm trying to give us one roast. <laughs> right. This is for this. Oh, I need, see. But You're, let me say this. Give your plugs one more time for the iTunes. GaryCannon.com. So all social media stuff uh, can be connected through there. Yes. But for the people who are too lazy to go on GaryCannon.com. At Cannon Comedy. On Twitter and Instagram. All that stuff. Yes. This is how we're, I'm giving Cannon his shot. Yes. I want two Ralphie Mae roast jokes and then I'm cutting it. Okay. So um, please become fans of Gary Cannon. Gary's okay. One okay. of my dear friends in comedy. You, you shut you up. Gary's one of my dear friends. Follow him. Ralphie loved him. That's yes. the only reason I'm doing this. So, but this is for Ralphie. All right, Gary Cannon, go. Uh, Ralphie May <laughs> had <laughs> Ralphie May. Uh, oh, there's one. Uh, the only uh, people that were uh, more upset than Ralphie's family about losing Ralphie were Corey and Chad. <laughs> a lot of gigs dried up a lot of gigs dried up yes 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 so they lost uh, a bunch of gigs and uh let's see um the only bu 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 ralphie has a uh, a new book coming out uh i guess about his life and uh um it uh Shit. Jesus, dude. Come on. Um, this is your thing. I, this is my thing, right? But he's not. Uh, let's see. Uh, Ralphie's. Uh, oh, Ralphie's got a uh, a barbecue sauce coming out, uh, which is true. He is, it, it's called uh, Fat Baby's Dick. Uh, but uh, he also. 
Uh, Jesus, dude. <laughs> Can we leave it at the one and just cut it? <laughs> What's yours? We'll teeter totter. Pick up the page. Go ahead. Uh, Ralphie May was so big, his real last name was May, June, and August. <laughs> <laughs> GaryCannon.com. Love you, Connie. Earl. I don't get to see you enough, but I do love you. Do you want to do it? Let's do one. Let's do a one joke roast battle with each other right now. Uh, okay. So I'm going to play the part of Brian Moses. Okay. Gary, are you ready? I'm ready, buddy. Earl, are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. Let's roast. Let's roast. I'm going on you first? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm sitting in Earl's uh, condo right now, and uh, you would think for uh, somebody who is as uh, prominent at the comedy store as he is, uh, this place would be... Fuck. <laughs> Jesus. You're fu- Gary Cannon is so far in the closet, he comes out the warehouse. <laughs> um, Earl is from the Kennedy family, uh, but what a lot of people don't realize, his comedy takes after uh, Jamie Kennedy. <laughs> I think I did that one before, which didn't work. Remember, I was doing Roast Bell, and people start calling me faggot. <laughs> I'm not saying uh, Gary is gay, but uh, yeah. let's just say he was Tom Hanks' stunt double in Philadelphia. <laughs> All right, I'm going to give you the last word. Uh, okay, okay. Uh, let's see. When Earl was going to the bathroom, I literally looked at his computer and saw that he was jerking off to... Um, Jesus, you're horrible. To <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. <Jesus. laughs> I love you, Earl. Gary Cannon's the best. Become fans. Love Gary you. Dot com, at Cannon Comedy. All things comedy. Uh, what's the podcast with uh, Steve Byrne? The Gentleman's Dojo. Very rarely. On all things comedy. Uh, yeah, please. Uh, even though I'm not on all things comedy, it's a great network. Al Madrigal, Bill Burr's brainchild. They really take care of the comics who are on it. So uh, after you listen to Inappropriate Earl, go on all things comedy and check out their podcast. I think the great Joe Bartnick is on there as well. Uh, Frazier Smith, I think, does something. Uh, puck off, I think. Uh, the great Frazier Smith on The White Shadow, season two. That is all. It, Leave a review on iTunes. Inappropriate Earl, out.